So this morning I wanted to continue what's a little bit of a whirlwind tour of these four Brahma Vihara practices by beginning to touch into the last one, which is equanimity. And if you remember in that arrangement of the four Brahma Viharas as being around the points of a diamond, equanimity was on top because it's what arises when we're equally open to the joys and the sorrows of life. And it's also at the top of the diamond because, as we've mentioned a few times now, the word upeka, which is usually translated as equanimity, literally means to look over. So it's that capacity to see the bigger picture rather than being caught up in our more usual, small and self-centered view of the world. So in that sense, it's the pinnacle or the summit of the diamond. And it points to a state of complete balance, complete ease. So when equanimity is developed to its fullest capacity, there's no wanting in the mind, no moving towards anything, and there's no not wanting, no resisting. So it's experienced as profound ease, profound peace. And like all of the Brahma Vihara, it's a quality that we can train in. And in fact, to the extent that you've been doing any mindfulness practice, you're already training in equanimity because sati or mindfulness has that capacity to just be with our experience without reactivity. So every moment that we're mindful, we're also strengthening this quality of equanimity. So equanimity is, you could say, non-reactivity on deeper and deeper levels. But it's not non-responsiveness. And I want to highlight that because it can be a misperception that equanimity is some kind of flat, blank, non-responsiveness. And in popular culture, people sometimes talk about people being very zen, in quotation marks. And usually by this, they mean just sitting there while some crisis is going on. That is not true equanimity. (laughs) That's more like denial. And that's not what we're aiming for here. So on a superficial level, we can misunderstand equanimity as being shutting down our natural emotional responses. But this is more like the near enemy of equanimity. The near enemies being qualities such as indifference, apathy, disconnection. And there is a trap with equanimity in particular that can be quite seductive because it can seem like equanimity offers us relief from feeling any kind of afflictive emotion. So especially in the beginning of Dharma practice, we can be tempted to misuse it as a kind of deluded escapism, that defense against wanting to feel anything. And we might try and tell ourselves, that, yeah, we're just being equanimous, but in reality, we're just in denial of the underlying anger or despair or self-hatred or shame and so on. And again, I have to confess to that in my own practice. And in the end, what helped me distinguish between what I think of as faux or fake equanimity and the real thing is the body. So when I was really tuned in to the body, if it was fake equanimity, it was a felt sort of numbness, blankness, 
subtle tightness and so on. But when it was genuine equanimity, there was a subtle warmth and aliveness and energetic quality of vibration. So learning to distinguish between these more subtle qualities is one of the aspects of equanimity that takes some training. And we'll be talking much more about this. uh, Oren will be talking about it later this evening. So for now, I just want to focus on equanimity in terms of our relationships, our relationships with others, and to begin to bring it in as a resource, particularly to deal with the category of the so-called difficult person. But first, just a little bit about how we might develop equanimity in even the most challenging circumstances. So there's a clear connection between equanimity and wisdom, especially the wisdom that understands the truth of impermanence, of anicca, the truth that everything changes. And often this is in direct contradiction to our tendency to want to fix things, to fix other people, to fix ourselves. And by fix here, I mean it in both <coughs> I mean it in both senses of the word. So fix as in to uh, mend or to repair, but also to make fixed or static or unchanging. So letting go of this tendency to want things to be different, to want them to be permanent if they're pleasant or impermanent if they're unpleasant, those are key aspects of equanimity. And in the suttas, there's an image that's often used to convey the steadiness of equanimity, and that's the image of a mountain and how a mountain stays unmoving even as all different kinds of weather conditions might be swirling around it, wind or rain or snowstorms batter it, but the mountain has that steadiness, that stability. So some of the traditional phrases for cultivating equanimity, I referred to them briefly the other night. They point to the truth of impermanence. So I mentioned Kamala Master's one. May I open to and accept how it is right now because this is how it is right now. And that right now is pointing to the truth of impermanence. Everything changes. So I'll be weaving some of these phrases into the guided meditation. But just a little bit more about this working with categories. As you know, we've been encouraged to start with people where the qualities come most easily. And then gradually, as our Brahma-Vihara muscles get stronger, we bring in more and more challenging situations and people. So general sequences from oneself to a benefactor, a good friend, a neutral person, a so-called difficult person, and then all beings. So just a little bit about working with a difficult person. Even as we will be moving into that category a little bit today, still the invitation is to start with an easy difficult person, if that's not too much of a contradiction. So sometimes I think of a scale of 0 to 10, with 10 being the person you have the most challenging, long-standing, painful interactions with. Save them for later. 
and see if you can find someone who's a five or less on the scale of difficulty. And I'll be using the term difficult person, but it's important to remember that this is shorthand. It's someone who we're currently having some challenges with. It's not like they're fixed forever as the difficult person in capital letters. This is a fluid categorization, but it will be hard work to keep saying the person that I'm currently having some kind of challenges with. So I just use difficult person for shorthand, but in your mind, make sure you're not fixing them there. And this can be a fluid category. So even at times we might put ourselves in the category of difficult person, and hopefully at some point they emerge, but we can play with these categories. So just because by definition the difficult person is difficult, there have been some challenges with them, some unpleasant interactions. So really encourage you to start with an easier person and perhaps to keep in mind that hurt people hurt people. So there's a reason on some level, whether we can access it or not, this person is has struggles, has challenges, has pain, just as we do. So sometimes connecting with that can help make the equanimity come a little more easily. So we're really invited to try to drop below the level of their irritating personality habits and connect with any suffering that might be underneath that. We also do our best to try to bring a sense of humor to this practice because, you know, I always like to check, is there anybody here who doesn't have a difficult person they can work with today? Yeah, so far in all the centers that I teach all around the world, I haven't yet found one person (laughs) who has said, no, I'm fine, it's all good with me, and if they did, to be honest, I'm not sure I believe them, but anyway... The point is that this is a universal human experience, so not to take it personally, do your best to have humor with it. So coming back specifically to equanimity for the difficult person, one area of our lives where many of us get caught is in relation to people who are close to us. And we often have pretty definite agendas for how our partners should be, how our children should be, how our parents should be, how our close friends should be, who they should be, how their lives should unfold. We often want them to only experience pleasure and gain and fame and praise, but even the Buddha couldn't control other people's lives for them. So who are we to think that we can really direct how someone else is supposed to be? And of course it's natural to want people are close to to be happy but if that wish hardens into an expectation of some kind then it usually causes ourselves and the other person suffering so in this meditation I'd like us to explore equanimity in a relation to someone you care about a relationship where you might have recognized some form of unhelpful agenda some form of stickiness or desire to control. So you might, as I'm talking, just think, is there someone who you wish was different in some way? Or you wish your relationship 
was different with them in some way. And I think of that as a sticky person, someone that we kind of just get a bit caught up. So the phrases that we'll be working with are ones I mentioned earlier. I care about you, but I cannot live your life for you. Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you. So as you hear those phrases, you might see if someone naturally pops into your mind. And we can think of this as the difficult or the sticky person. Okay, so let's give that a try. Beginning again just by settling into your meditation posture. And particularly with equanimity, we want to highlight the qualities of balance and steadiness. Taking these few moments just to really tune into the body. And invite the body to settle a little more fully into the support of the earth beneath you. Just taking a moment to really feel that connection of the body, the feet in contact with the floor, the sitting bones in contact with the cushion or the bench or the chair. Letting the earth of the body connect with the earth beneath you. So that you're sitting like a mountain, strong, steady, stable, upright, and at ease. And then allowing the attention to connect with the experience of breathing. Just settling back and receiving the natural rhythm of the breath. And in the same way, allowing this rhythm of breathing in and breathing out. To soften and soothe any tension that may be present right now.
As you settle more fully into that steadiness and stability and balance, just bringing to mind now this being that you might think of as your sticky person or your difficult person. You might experiment with bringing them here into the room with you today. Depending on the situation and the person, inviting them to be somewhere here in the room with you. So for some beings, it might be safely at the back door. For others, it might be a little closer. Some, it might be okay to have them sitting in front of you at some degree of distance. Or if possible, a little closer, not forcing it. seeing where you want this being to be located. As you start to connect with their presence, you might notice some ripples of reactivity in your own body and heart-mind. Reconnect with the steadiness of the body, the feet in contact with the floor, the sitting bones in contact with the cushion. Grounding the awareness in the steadiness of the body. And reconnecting with this so-called difficult being. Having a felt sense of their presence. Visualizing them in your mind's eye. bringing back memories of some of the interactions you've had with them. Maybe just silently reciting their name. Again, as you come into contact with them, if you notice any areas of your body that are tensing or tightening, seeing if you can consciously relax and soften. Continuing to sit like a mountain, strong, stable, Steady. Receiving the presence of this difficult being.
offering them the gift of your non-reactivity. They care about you, but I cannot live your life for you. Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you. Again, as you hear these words, just noticing any effect, perhaps as a little more spaciousness or ease. Perhaps the opposite, a little ripple of resistance or tightening. Whatever the responses are, can you find some capacity to stay spacious and steady, even as there might be ripples of reactivity? I care about you. I cannot live your life for you. Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you. I care about you. I cannot live your life for you. Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you. As you continue to stay steady in the presence of this difficult being, also tuning into your own responses as best you can, softening any ripples of reactivity. If necessary, you might change to a few moments of compassion, of self compassion, if any distress starts to get a little stronger. And then when it's softened, returning to equanimity, cultivating that steadiness of the mountain, that capacity to care, without attachment to outcome. I care about you, but I cannot live your life for you. 
Your happiness or unhappiness depends upon your actions, not upon my wishes for you. Continuing in this way, exploring equanimity for yourself in silence now, equanimity for yourself in relation to the sticky person.
As you continue inclining the heart and the mind in this direction of equanimity, taking a moment to notice how this quality feels. Maybe a little more subtle than other Brahmaviharas. Just tuning in and seeing if you can find or notice any sense of stability, of steadiness of heart and mind. Maybe a sense of spaciousness, openness, steady receptivity. Acceptance. Maybe even peace. Just tuning in to however equanimity might be manifesting for you right now. And because equanimity is about balance and evenness. Touching in now to the truth that just as other people have been difficult or sticky for you, you yourself at times have been difficult for others. Perhaps even with your current sticky person It's possible that you have been a sticky or difficult person for them. And if not them, for sure someone else. Is it possible to open to and acknowledge your own areas of challenge and difficulty knowing that this is a universal human condition. Can we stay steady and present to some of the ways that we've caused difficulty for others? Without falling into blame or self-judgment. steady and present. As you sit with your difficult person and at the same time sit with the ways that you have been difficult for others.
As you do this, you might find that the equanimity naturally starts to shade into compassion, self-compassion, and forgiveness. Forgiveness for self, forgiveness for the other. Not forcing it in this direction, but if it naturally arises, allowing forgiveness to be there. Otherwise, staying steady with the spaciousness of equanimity. May I open to how it is right now. Because this is how it is right now. And letting go of directing the attention anywhere in particular. Letting go even of cultivating equanimity. Simply resting with whatever your experience is right now. The body sitting the body breathing, here, now, this.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.